All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, happy New Week. We are here with the other side of the world all the way. Uh, Karen McKnight from Canada is joining us this morning on, um, on this live. Thank you so much, Karen. I know it's Sunday evening for you, yes? It is. It is. It is. I love it. I love it. Well, Karen and I, you guys, um, met in late January uh, this year and literally she came along to the US Canadian retreat um, last year, oh, sorry, in February, like a few weeks later. <laughs> and then um, she went on this journey, of course, of unfolding a book. We've actually been talking about she had a book launch, I think, was it the other day or a week ago? Or so? on th yeah, Thursday night. Yeah. On Thursday. And apparently her daughter did this amazing slideshow of her whole journey. I'm going to share that with you guys uh, when she gets sends it to me um, because um, it would be really nice to sort of see and capture so how it was all captured and give my other authors ideas because I know my other authors are going to watch this as well, Karen. Um, so today we're here to talk about using life jolts, which is the first time I heard that phrasing when I met Karen, um, to create the next best version of yourself in leadership and life. Okay, so uh, as you can see behind um, Karen is her book. And just like that, it's kind of, she'll explain the concept of how, you know, I call that shit hit the fan moment, <laughs> you know, when those moments happen in our lives. Um, but she calls it life jolts, a little bit nicer. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'll introduce you to Karen properly now um, with her official um, introduction, and then we'll get stuck into the content. And by all means, post up uh, any comments, questions. Good morning to some of you. I'm just going to check that we make sure we are live on here. I can see here on my phone, it's all happening. So all good. And I'll be able to track comments as well on my phone. So please, um, please um, post them if you have them. All right. So let's talk about who Karen is. So Karen is a highly sought after executive coach in Toronto, Ontario, uh, where she offers executive coaching and consulting to individuals and organizations. She recently published her first book. And just like that, uh, using life jolts to create the next best version of yourself in leadership and life, which is today's topic. She has been coaching senior level executives and their teams for 20 years, supporting them in navigating change and achieving business and personal success. So she has earned her Master of Education degree from the University of Toronto, where she specialized in the psychology of adult learning and change. She went on to complete her certified professional coaching designation from the Adler School of Professional Coaching. And since 2002, so a while ago, it's nearly 20 years soon, she has coached and consulted through her private practice, practice Transitions Edge. So her expertise in the psychology of transitions, her coaching skills and her teaching and facilitation experience in the adult learning field are the foundation of her work. All right, so Karen, now uh, that's wonderful. So we've got here on hand, guys, someone who's been coaching for 20 years, that's double the time that I have, um, and has so much life experience. So let's explain, go on, tell these guys about life jolts and what you mean, first of all, let's kind of unpack that. Yeah, so I mean, I I think the um, I feel like I sort of had a book in me for a long time, uh, but probably 15 years I've been talking about writing a book. Uh, but I think when the uh, pandemic hit and I was sort of quarantined in my basement for 14 days, I realized that this was really a jolt on a worldwide level. And uh, metaphorically, yeah. I kind of hit rock bottom myself yeah. and realized, you know, so how do we take this concept when something hits us? Um, and actually use it to become uh, the next best version of ourselves, instead of, uh, you know, sort of um, meaning that we would kind of, you know, stay, stay metaphorically in that basement. 
Yeah, I love it. And we have many life jolts throughout life, right? Um, you know, and you've had a fair share of yours. So, um, you know, kind of what inspired you to write the book? Um, and how long had you been thinking about it? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I mean, I think probably like 15, you know, really for about 15 years, I've been talking about writing a book. And wow. just because I wanted to sort of share the process, like yeah. how do you, I've always been sort of fascinated with this idea, how is it that some people sort of sail through change? Um, and hard times and challenges and other people um, have really difficult times with things that mm. that might seemingly not even be as as big but it feels really big to them and yeah. so that's sort of always been a fascination in my in my coaching practice and and then I also as I got thinking about it you know it's not just the bad jolts it's also sometimes you know things that we create you know a new job a move or things that you're doing right now even with your family right? Even if they're things that we want, um, it still requires us to respond in a different way. And so it's all about sort of what's the mindset and that we need to have in order to take our life and our leadership to the next level, uh, whether or not that jolt is um, internally generated, externally imposed, whether it's positive or negative. Mm. So what are some examples of life jolts people have had or the people you've worked with over the years um, that you've been able to help them navigate, if you like. Um, yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's a great question, right? I mean, I think the pandemic is an example mm -hmm. on a worldwide basis, <laughs> which every, you know, everybody can relate to that. In some way, it's impacted their, their life, their family life, their kids' schooling. Um, they've lost people or people have been sick. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the big one, which is really yeah. the 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 what tipped me over to say okay I really need to write this now um, yes. and it can go all the way down you know somebody loses their job unexpectedly you know yes. or they decide to change their job um, and or change professions uh, you know people get into new relationships people leave relationships people are you know diagnosed with um, a health issue yes. um, you know so there's it, it's it, there's a real range and so what I really wanted to do in this book was to say okay so and just like that it happens or you or you generate it. Um, and then now what, you know, what is the process that you can uh, step into in order to move through it with an open mind and with um, curiosity, with a learning mindset so that you come out, you know, the end of the tunnel, uh, you know, better as a result better, of a best, how you better version it. of yourself from, you know, 2.0, 3.0. <laughs> exactly. you know, I love it. So many people saying good morning, good morning, Con, Lendy, happy birthday, Lendy. It's Lendy's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, uh, Lendy. Um, Pad Mini's there. Please post questions, guys. Actually, I've actually managed to set up my comments right here next to me. I've never done that before, so they're really handy. So, you guys, if you have questions, please post them because I actually have them right on hand, scrolling through here. And good morning, Leslie. Okay, so um, you talk about this as a process, and I love. I'm a how-to girl. Tell me what to do. Well, step one, two, three, and I'm gonna go through it. And um, because I follow recipes, because when you follow a recipe, you get the cake right if you wreck it <laughs> you know if yeah. you don't put the right ingredients so what is part of your process talk us through give us some some ideas because I'm sure there's some people going through serious life jolts right now um you know we've talked about before we went on live that so many of our country here are in massive lockdowns really extended ones thus you know what we've done as well um you know currently in hotel quarantine is to escape you know and to I guess um uh, make a move and again as you say you know what, what's the process let's talk about that 
Yeah. So I think, um, you know, one of the things that I start out with, you know, I sort of use this math equation, um, which is that we're all sort of always engaged in our own um, current life equation, I call it. And, you know, there's different steps to that equation. And we have to start with, well, what are the actual variables? And everybody's circumstance is different, even if we're going through the same kind of thing. You know, everyone has been through a job change or a health crisis or the pandemic, but our own personal experience is very different. And so what I really um, believe is that, that this process that I'm offering is um, something that people can customize to themselves. So in this, in, in any math equation, you know, we have to start with, well, what are the variables? And then once you realize sort of the landscape of the variables that you're currently facing, then how the next step is sort of how do they go together? And you have to create the question that you're entering into. And that takes time and it takes creative thinking and brainstorming. And then when you create the question, then you have to enter into, well, how do you solve it? And again, that takes time, critical thinking, um, missteps, you try something, it doesn't work. And then eventually you get to the solved equation. And that's sort of the time in life where everything's firing on all cylinders and everything's kind of working. Um, but I really believe it's a lifelong process because guess what happens? A jolt happens. And so the variables change and then you're, you're sort of back to the beginning. And so that's sort of the, the overarching um, way that I, that I sort of look, look at this process. Can I ask, so tell me an example, um, because I love how you explain it and it sounds like a mathematical equation, uh, which is cool because some people think that way. So what are some examples of variables? When you say the word variables, what does that mean? Yeah, so again, if we wanna use the pandemic as an example, I mean, there are, um, so, for example, some people, you know, had to continue going into work. Um, yeah. Other people had to work from home. Other people did a hybrid. Other people lost their jobs. Other people decided they had to leave their jobs because they had to go and care for somebody who was unwell in their family. Um, so those are the, the kinds of things. So it's sort of breaking down. So the jolt might be the pandemic, but yeah. the specifics are so your your work situation okay your family situation okay all of a sudden you know your kids are staying home they're not going out to school um you know your your business you're running a business and you know the supply chain has been interrupted and so you can't you can't do you can't do your work and you've got the responsibility of uh keeping people employed or wanting to keep people employed so it's sort of like some people like like a restaurant owner definitely could not run their business like and have people but they could um they pivoted to takeaway stuff to keep afloat uh, whereas we went on zoom from real yes. life tours other people could full stop had to stop doing like say massage therapists they exactly. can't do a takeaway massage or something like that so everyone's options are slightly different so that was the step like what are, so let's look at the variables what's happened to you and what are your options things yeah. like that. So go, remind me and then the next one is. So then, so then the next step, once you've sort of looked at the landscape and I've, I've got sort of the, you know, life categories is one of the exercises um, at the beginning of the book, which is so to help people to sort of do a review of all the categories, the roles that you play, what are the specific things in each of those categories? So once you sort of understand the landscape of those variables, then it's like, okay, so now how do I put those together into a what's next question? So, okay, if I've got my kids being homeschooled and I've, I don't have a, a place for them, you know, how am I setting up their, um, their school in, in a closet or how am I setting up my office in the basement or, you know, so then how does all that go together? That takes time and, and analysis and, and again, 
really radically accepting, even if it's not what you want, um, this is what you have. And so how are you going to put those things together in a way that that will work uh, for now? Yeah. And then yeah. and then once you've sort of put those variables in, then it's about sort of solving it. So then it's about, OK, experimenting, trying it out. Well, you realize, well, I can't really have my kids being homeschooled on the other side of the door because it's getting in the way of my Zoom meetings or or I have to I have to reinvent myself. I might have to take a new course to um, pivot in my yeah. career, or you know. So it's so then it's about solving it, and then you sort of figure it out. And then as we've seen, the pandemic is such a great up and down process because oh now we're back in lockdown again, yeah. and um, and oh now we get to go back out into the world. Oh the restaurant can open up again. Oh <laughs> no now it's shut down again. Um, you know. So it's yeah. about how do you remain really present and aware. Um, and in terms of your own reality, and then instead of just being um, blindsided by it or paralyzed by it, how do you actually move through it in order to um, make whatever your reality is work for you, given the current circumstances, instead of fighting against it, it's sort of about, you know, how do you get in flow with the reality of life? And yeah, I love that. Um, I talk, I guess the way I would phrase it. Um, uh, and whereas we left Melbourne on the plane the other day, I said, no matter what, guys, we've got our problem solving mindset, whatever yeah. problem we come up with, there's got to be a solution. And just as you were talking about it before, my son is in the bathroom doing his yeah. school because we're in a clash of our schedule. And he's set up on the little makeup bench with a chair with his headphones so he doesn't disrupt this interview. Uh, and we've got the timetables up on the um, the wall as to what's going to happen. Uh, you, the funniest, I've shared this, but, um, uh, you know, using a kettle to warm up some pan pancakes on the outside of it. Yes, the, like literally, it's like when a problem arises, you stop and you go, okay, there has to be a solution, but you're looking around at limited resources um, yes. and you're kind of going, what? So is there a way that um, you help people develop this kind of, because um, how do you, know, what, what's your advice? Sometimes people get really like stuck in victim mentality. It's not possible. And they really just at fixed mindset, right? V versus growth mindset and all that kind of stuff. So what do you say to people uh, that they're in that space? Because it's, you know, sometimes hard for them to hear you if they're not ready. Yeah. And so I think um, it's a great question. And I think that it starts, I've sort of got um, some foundational chapters, which I think are really important for people to, um, to start with, which is, and mindset is, well, first of all, it's paying attention and becoming more aware and not just becoming aware of the situation, but becoming aware of how are we showing up in the situation and what does that our best feel like? Because particularly when we're going through challenging jolts, it's really hard to connect with your best. So it is about uh, a process of identifying, okay, so when I was at my best, I might not feel at my best right now, but when I was, what, how did I show up? What was my mindset? And so it really is about cultivating that open mindset, that curiosity mindset, the growth mindset, because when we're operating in growth mindset, we're operating out of, out of our right brain, which enables us to be creative problem solvers, to figure out the kettle, to heat up the pancakes, mm -hmm. or to figure out, oh, that makeup 
uh, desk in the bathroom is perfect for my son's schooling. And so it's a, and when we're operating out of um, the fight, flight, freeze response, we actually don't have access to the part of, of our brain that enables us to be open-minded and creative and curious. So that's the starting yeah. place is, is really understanding um, sort of how are we going to approach this and, and then m- moving from there and, and without without glossing over um, the challenges. And and I also just want to mention, I mean, I'm talking about the pandemic and we're talking about, um, you know, difficult jolts that hit us. But I mean, even even jolts, even things that change in our life that we want, I mean, it's it's the same process. We can still get, you know, we get um, the momentum going of the energy and the excitement. And and that also, you know, sometimes um, stops us from being able to be at our best because we aren't we aren't thinking uh, we're just sort of reacting or going with going with whatever um, is is sweeping us up at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, so it works both ways. Life jolts can be positive and negative, um, you know, and it's about, um, I guess, also finding that neutral place. Um, um, I heard from a mentor in the past that the best place to make decisions out of is when you're in a neutral state, not too excited and not too sad. Yeah. So yeah. wait till you get back, you know, if you need a few days to wait it out till you get to that neutral place where you're a little bit more level-headed, <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, to do that. And um, absolutely some of those things you, so, uh, so just to summarize, if I understand this right, is think back, if it's a negative um, situation that you hit, um, you know, think back to a time where you were um, happy and positive and what was your state like? What were, what was your internal dialogue like? You know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and see if you can tap into that. I also like, um, I shared these questions at your retreat and at every retreat, you know, those questions when, when things go wrong, you know, you know, how can I use this? What will yes. I think about this in five to 10 years time? What's funny about this? Like just, you know, even though there isn't, but if you sort of memorize those questions and just kind of, I, I remember to blurt them out in my head when I'm not feeling good or something's happened. And then I go, and it just brings me a little bit down off that, you know, off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. you know, well, it, it's yeah. true. You've made great points. And I also think that when things, um, when things shift and when a jolt happens or wh- when we create it, what, you know, whatever the situation may be, it is actually, we're being called into a transition. And the thing about transitions that people often don't understand is that they think that something ends and then something new begins. And that's not the whole story. I mean, there's this whole process in between the ending and the new beginning that we we really need to understand because it's a psychological process and it's happening actually underneath whatever the change or the challenge or the, or the new situation is. And if we can learn and understand what's actually going on, it increases our chance of being able to successfully navigate it and get to the outcome that we want. And so again, when you talk about process, the transition process, and I've created a model in the book to help people sort of understand, and it's not a stepped process, unfortunately. It's not sort of do A and you go to B and yeah. you go to C. It's sort of, it's fluid. And, but again, if you understand the whole landscape of transition, then it's easier to, you can sort of say, oh, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm grieving the loss of this. I really miss my job or I really miss being able to see people. Um, I really miss, you know, being in top health. Um, so it's about grieving that 
It's about visioning for the new beginning, but recognizing that to get to the new beginning, you go through what I call the in-between time, you know, which is that really chaotic time where you really don't know. It can be a very dark place. It can be a very scary place. And again, if we understand that that is the process, it normalizes it for us and it helps us to see, okay, I'm on track, even though I'm not feeling what I want to be feeling, or I'm not where I want to be. Um, I have to embrace this and feel it and move through it in order to get to that next best version of myself. Yeah, I love that. A couple of comments. I'll read out Kim saying in narrative therapy, we ask what gets you through hard times? Um, Love it. Another question, guys, you could um, ask yourselves. Jane saying this is so interesting from a speech pathologist perspective. We help people solve problems by assisting them with the higher order language skills that are required for some people in including those with a set way in their mind as to how something should be done. It's about helping people to feel comfortable with the could uh, example. You could do it this way. So there you go. Love it, Jane. Yeah, Yeah. that's really, really neat. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing some of those insights. I'm sure like we can just kind of make a little toolbox of these questions and things that you guys have just all shared Mm -hmm. and and Karen's insights and um, next time, uh, you know, good or bad stuff, you know, we, we tap into that. And it's about awareness, isn't it? Like, I think it's yeah. about stopping yourself and <laughs> going, okay, kind of just almost being able to, I also to observe yourself, even from a helicopter view, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and see what's going on and kind of decipher that that way. And mm-hmm. awareness, I guess that's what ultimately coaching brings, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I mean, awareness weaves its way through the whole process, and and the vantage points is so important because when you're in something, you're you're in the swirl of it. You can't see it, and so it's also about cultivating an ability to you know what I call move to the balcony and look down on the situation and see all of the different uh, complexities and and be more objective about the situation. And it's very difficult to do that when you're in it. And so there are tools and exercises and and ways to support you in expanding your capacity to be able to have that bird's eye vantage point view and see different things and also be be open to experimenting. It's also not direct drive. And, you know, especially a lot of the people that I work with, you know, super high achieving, really intelligent people, they want to go to solution. And and solution is definitely where we want to get to. But, but it takes, it takes that, that stop, that pause, that awareness, what do I need to learn? Who do I need to have on my team? You know, especially if things are coming out of the blue that we have no experience with, you know, we have to get into that learning mode and be able to see what fits for us. And Mm -hmm. everyone's situation is different. I mean, I always say, if you know, one situation, you know, one situation. And, and so it's important to take that pause and it, it, there's, it's that um, empowerment in between what happens and how we respond, you know, so it's not to be reactive, but it's actually to take that stop and say, what is it that I need to do? How do I need to tap into new learning resources, people? What do I need to experiment with? And I really believe, and I am so fortunate to have done this work for the past, you know, almost 20 years. And so I, I can say with confidence that it, that it really works and that the answers evolve and they evolve from this sort of open-minded curiosity, experimenting, thinking. I say, you know, being a researcher in your own life in a sense um, and, and moving mm-hmm. through it um, with that kind of intention. 
I love that. Um, another thing that I've read, I don't know, somewhere, but it made a lot of sense to me. It is actually the fact that we need to solve problems in our life is what actually drives our happiness. So solving yeah. problems makes us happy. And yeah. when I read that, I don't know whose book it was. Um, and I said, oh, my God. Like every time like I solve something, I like feel super proud of myself, you know, you know, even little things that you work out, especially in hotel quarantine, you work out little resources, you have little problem solving all the time because you've got such limited resources. And it's like even Stuart walked in so proud when he used that kettle for uh, as a warm up for yeah. the pancake. Guess what I did? And like, you know, he told three people like like went to everyone to explain what, what it was and all that. But even overall in life, when you think about, um, the massive things that you've overcome. Yeah, you didn't overcome them in a moment, but uh, how proud were you at the other end of it? And then when you look at hindsight, you know, of what happened, you're like, oh my God. So it's it doesn't feel good in the, in the moment, but I think um, that's what I think keeps us, drives us and gives us purpose. Yeah, exactly. And I love one of the affirmations that I do every morning. It talks about the link between cultivating patience, which also cultivates self-confidence, which mm -hmm. I love because we need to be patient with ourselves and with the situation. And when we can do that and sort of slow ourselves down and, and, you know, know what balance feels like so that then mm -hmm. we can be at our best and, and tap into that open-minded thinking that we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. You know, that's what enables, you know, Stu to, to figure out, well, we've got a kettle, we might not have a stove, but we've got a kettle. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and if we're, if you're fighting against um, what's happening, you actually, you can't tap into the open-minded part of your thinking. And so you just, that's where people get stuck. And that's where that sort of, you know, the, the metaphorical basement rock bottom or hotel room in your, in your case, in terms of quarantine, um, uh, keeps people stuck. And so it's, it's really about um, cultivating that sense of hope and positivity in saying that there are other ways of looking at this. And we might not have been in this particular situation before, but if we scan our life, we've navigated a lot of jolts in our life. And so, you know, one of the exercises is, you know, doing that review. What are the jolts that you've experienced in your life, yeah. positive and negative, internally generated, externally imposed? What are the things that worked for you to get you through that? And then how can you replicate and overlay those things on what it is that you're dealing with now? Beautiful. I love it. Um, question, Vicky. A very interesting, Karen. Congratulations on your book. What is the affirmation that you use every morning? Did you mention an affirmation? Uh, yeah. So um, oh. I actually do one of the ones. Um, it's Jonathan Lehman um, is his name. And uh, really interesting. I mean, talk about a life jolt. He was a, a really successful lawyer and burnt out and decided to devote his life to mindfulness. And it's a, it's just his 10 minute um, morning and it's seven affirmations and they're fantastic. So you can look them up um, on insight timer is the one that I use for him. So it's Jonathan Lehman. Oh, okay, cool. Maybe we can put it in the comments box yeah. when we get off the call. Yeah. Um, and people can look it up. Okay, thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about a little bit about your process. I mean, obviously, you told me before we got on the call, your daughter did a whole um, uh, trailer, if you like, or uh, a journey uh, video of when you decided and then 
hell holding your book in hand at the book launch and all that so i'm going to share that as soon as you send it to me so guys can see what i'm referring to on this call uh but how was it writing the book and going through the 48 hour author process yeah well it was it was incredible and um if your ears were burning on my on my zoom launch call i talked about you and the process and you and Stu and meeting you and i mean it just it it wouldn't have happened i mean there's just no doubt in my mind and i know that I believe your stat that 80% of people that have a book in them never get it published. And it was fascinating to watch um, my daughter's um, slideshow because I mean, I started in January where I really made the decision, even though I've been thinking about it for so long. And to think that, you know, there, as, as you go through the slideshow, then August 5th, you know, all the 14 boxes arrive on my driveway. Um, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it was such an emotional thing, but the support and the, the way that you, um, you know, encourage and, you know, it's not about perfection, it's about progress. And, um, you know, I mean, I did I think 17,000 words at the retreat, uh, which is just mm, like un unbelievable to me. And, and then just the encouragement and the weekly, um, you know, accelerator calls and also the people that I've met, you know, some who are on the call today, um, yes. you know, who I've met through the process, who are, you know, they've become friends and, and, you know, supporters all around the world. I mean, so the world has just opened up and, you know, and you said right in the, in our first conversation, it's not really about writing the book. It's about who you become as a result of writing the book. And that is incredibly true. And, you know, to think that in six months, um, something that I've been thinking about for, you know, probably 15 years is actually, you know, in my hand yeah. and I can actually like hold it. And, you know, it's, it's very exciting. It. Oh, congratulations. And I've always said you know um when you follow the process and you tap into all the resources go to all the calls um you get the result the fastest and you get a great result not just the book other opportunities and things like that and i commend you on being such an amazing student and person you. that you know i know i'm gonna have you know in my life you know forever because i yet to come to your canadian cottage well, i was just going to say as soon as we're as soon as we're through this you you have to bring the family up yeah, to northern ontario yeah, that's on my vision board it's been on my vision board forever and of course i didn't know how it was going to happen but now i've got quite a few canadian authors so and one that's yeah. got a cabin in the snow <laughs> so yeah. i love it i love it oh it really has been a pleasure and um you know keep you know i encourage you to connect and keep coming to your now master classes of course we finished Absolutely. the retreat we finished the book but the work has just begun we want to yeah. leverage this book and for you to be able to spread your wisdom beyond your one-to-one -one work that mm -hmm. you've been doing for 20 years that's kind of you you're at that level that you need to be yeah. in front of more people yeah and i think that's a really um great sort of note to end on because you know for me when the pandemic hit and you'll in the first chapter sort of explains, um, you know, the process that I went through and, and sort of metaphorically hitting rock bottom myself, mm -hmm. but it really is about, um, you know, sharing this with a wider audience. And I am just so um, grateful and privileged to be able to do that and to be able to, you know, share what I've, um, I'm so blessed to have learned over the years in walking through life and work um, and leadership uh, with other people to be able yeah. to put it out there in this format is um, really a privilege. So thank you. I love it. Your next challenge and from me to you will be your online program because that's yeah. definitely Woo, my light just my light just fell. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. It, it, it doesn't look too bad, but I'll fix it up as we're wrapping up. Um, so um, tell uh, the guys where they can get your book. 
Um, yeah. So my web, my website is Karen dash McKnight and that's McKnight with a K M C K N I G H T.com. And so Karen with a dash McKnight.com. Karen is normal with a K her dash the, yes. like the minus sign and McKnight yeah. and um, M C K N. Yep. That way. Um, dot com guys. And of course, um, um, on all your awesome online book resellers as well distributed out um, that you can look up the book and just like that and um, and that brings us to a close for another Monday morning live with Nat and thank you so much um, for giving up some of your Sunday evening um, please uh, keep us posted maybe we'll do another interview in six to 12 months and review where we're at and all that kind of stuff so congratulations and have an amazing week next week <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, Nat. Really appreciate Pleasure everything. And yeah, okay. and everyone's saying thank you. Love your work, Karen, all that sort of stuff. So go and check out all your posts uh, or comments and reply to those guys. I'll talk to you okay. soon. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining. Thank you.